Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. And today with me is a very good friend of mine. She's also a co-host on my daily radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show. Her name is Andrea Laventhal. Hey, girl, hey. Hi. So Andrea, right now, her job, I mean, I've known Andrea for a million years. So I've known you through a million jobs, same Z's. Um, but Andrea is the style and beauty director at People Magazine. That is correct. What up, people? But I met you when you were... What were what, what what was your title at Cosmopolitan Magazine? Um, when you met me, I was the content editor for Cosmo Radio. No, I met you... When, oh, no, I was the beauty editor. You were editor when oh, I first, first met you. So I was like the associate beauty editor. Because you would come on the show as a guest. And I don't mean this to be a bitch to the other like editors that worked at, at Cosmo. But you were hands down the only editor that could like like actually translate from the page to radio. Yeah, I remember I was supposed was to do um like beauty segments because I was a beauty editor yes. and I would always like come on with my pages flagged and end up talking about anything but eyeshadow. Exactly. So you guys liked me. Well, that's why we loved you because you would go like off script essentially. I remember being in the office and I was still in beauty at the time and hearing that they were doing a Cosmo radio channel and that they were testing out potential hosts and yes. they were always listening to CD of different uh, auditions and I remember them talking about how they discovered the girl in a bar and that yep, was you that was me yeah and, and yeah well I mean really they discovered me through Nicole right for being told but you were fair. the bar girl that I'm, had no experience I'm the bar girl that but had they no liked you the most but you had the least experience and then I remember Nicole was the receptionist and then uh, one of my former beauty colleagues actually became your first co-host. Oh my god! And I knew her. From I forgot that she was your colleague because she. Did you work at Glamour with her? No, but I worked at Cosmo. She worked at Cosmo. So I no, she worked at Glamour. I was at Cosmo. Got so you. we all knew each other because Explain it was that to people. So I was a beauty editor at Cosmo for like nine years, or I was at Cosmo for a total of nine years. So I was a beauty editor for probably like five or six of them. And at that time, before there were blogs and influencers and even really websites, 
there were just these magazines and magazines print was still king and the beauty editors were a very small sorority I would say each oh, yeah. magazine had between how many three and five and it per was like team. it was I mean my ex-boyfriend's mom was the beauty director at glamour she was a legend she literally she, I, I love her so much like even to this day like I like I miss her I adore her like she was you know when you like stay with a guy because you're like in love with the parent mm. that was me I mean he was great too but like we just were not a match made in heaven but her and I we might have been soulmates she was pretty awesome she was the fucking best so it was like a small it was basically like a sorority and beauty editors are like the nice sorority for the most part and and the fashion girls are mean yeah and I do both now so I can say (laughs) that um like from coming from a place of experience and knowledge that fashion girls don't talk to you and beauty girls will no the, the the fashion girls at Cosmo were terrifying I remember one time I had to go over when I first started working for Cosmo and I had to do like a like a behind the scenes at a photo shoot but this is when you guys actually had models yeah. on the cover as well yeah um and i remember it was like all the fashion girls and like no one talked to me and it was so uncomfortable the only time one of the like coolest fashion editors ever spoke to me was when i was going through like a horrible bout of anxiety and lost 15 pounds and i was standing at the elevator waiting and she came up looked at me and goes you look amazing of course and i said i'm really sad and she said you look amazing i love it it was like out of the devil wears prada oh it was perfect like i was like dying from the inside <laughs> out and she was like whatever you're doing keep, keep doing, doing it. it so um anyway Things were not going great in the department. We had gotten a new boss. She obviously hated everyone and thought we were all idiots because that's how it works when a new person comes in. Why is that? I don't know. But You've like, been in enough magazines. To- it happens every time. That well, Honestly, that's kind of how I got fired from Sirius. It was under the thumb of a new manager. It was like, you know, it's like, why does management think that they show themselves off by cleaning house? It's just such a thing and it still goes on now and I see it and I feel it and I get nervous. I've had a lot of new managers and um, basically I just hide in the handicapped bathroom stall until they get fired and hope that (laughs) no one knows I work there. But so I was at I was at Cosmo and I went from being like this superstar and getting promoted really fast and doing everything and kind of like everywhere and in everyone's face to thinking I was going to get fired because this new person came in and my direct boss was leaving because she also knew like the writing was on the wall then they needed an editor to be a go-between between between the magazine and the new channel to keep the channel on brand yes and since I had been with the magazine for a long time but was like of the age of the Cosmo radio listener they thought I would be the right person you were and so fast forward I became the first Cosmo radio content editor And it was the easiest job I've ever had in my whole life. It was three hours of work every day. Yes. It was listening to as much of the programming as I could, making little notes on your rundowns. Usually it was that you talked about everything but what was on the rundown that you were supposed (laughs) to talk about. And then sitting in like meetings and it was just ridiculous. And I would come back and forth and you guys had pretzel rods, which was exciting and free cans of soda, which is even more exciting. (laughs) And it was just like a cool place. We didn't really have a lot of men at Cosmo, despite the like ridiculously horny nature of the magazine. Yeah. And you guys had men at Sirius. So I remember like putting on extra makeup when I was going over there and like strutting around and Patrick was there. I was just going to say, so for anyone who was like the local heartthrob. Anyone who's like a longtime listener of me or of Cosmo at Sirius, you know Patrick. And anyone who is a watcher of Vanderpump Rules also knows Patrick. Mm, managing you, Patrick. What was it like? As talent. Well, I was not. But his, first of all, what was managing me like? You 
our only issues with Taylor was that she frequently talks about how she hated sex, which was <laughs> extremely off-brand for Cosmo. <laughs> she then, but the listeners became so enmeshed in you and your life. It wasn't really about Cosmo, and that was that's what was so hard for me to explain to my bosses was that it wasn't about Cosmo it was about Taylor yes and, and I and I represented the brand but this was before the not liking sex part influencers and we had we now have what I call um edfluencers editors who are influencers as well yep. and it's very hard where you draw the line between the person and the brand and you are such a good example of the listeners attached to you and I don't really think it mattered what channel you were on but the discovery was through the brand that's without a doubt so they would tell me that things you were talking about were off-brand, like when you um, you and Wasbin flew to Paris and you wanted to fly first class or something, or you bought a Chanel bag, he bought you a Chanel bag, and they were like, this is not, our reader doesn't have this kind of money. And I was like, they're watching a TV show called like- the Taylor Strecker Show. <laughs> they're, they don't give a shit that they can't buy this. They are loving that their girl can. Yes. But it didn't matter. Thanks for sticking up for me, boo-boo. I mean, in my mind, I stuck up for you. <laughs> I'm not sure if I actually just like tattled or stuck up for you. Mm. Let's just go with I stuck up for you. <laughs> let's, go with you. let's just go with that route. And then how is Patrick, Patrick, on the other hand, Patrick's like rundowns would come from his producer, Megan. Leah, there was Leah, there was Megan, there was a Megan, lot. I and can't. they were like rundowns oh about like, and I would look at the rundown and be like, none of this is going to get talked about. It was supposed to be like articles from the magazine and yeah. like relationship issues. But from it's a, a monthly magazine and we were doing literally three ridiculous. to four hours a day. That was the other thing I couldn't explain to them. There wasn't enough content. We had to pull from our lives. Right. So, but Patrick's show turned into like a free for all. And when it was good, it was brilliant. Brilliant. He connected with those women and his fans so well it was like crazy but when he wasn't feeling it or was in a bad mood or Mm. you said the wrong thing it was like hurricane patrick Mm -hmm. and he was so moody i know so moody but also so charming i know he would get in trouble all the time but we like couldn't do anything about it because he had such a devoted following the editor-in-chief kate white had the the biggest crush on patrick everybody did he could get away with murder i mean he was very charming and very like you know apologetic joanna coles didn't quite get very emotional he said he's very emotional and but the listeners loved him and um i'm then there was like the star of the channel um who co-hosted a show called cosmolicious once a week yeah her name's andrea laventhal i was a star my show (laughs) wait a question how did you content edit yourself biznage you know It was a talent and it was ta- it was hard. There was a learning curve there, but I really I really learned how to um, critique myself. My favorite thing in the world was Andrea was doing the oh red, God, the red no, carpet for no, yes, no. we're doing it. Yeah, for the God. sexiest man alive. Everyone and, said this story. And she was and she was like talking about like just like whatever, bantering about like like waiting in between um, interviews coming on the red carpet and she just like got overly flicklemped by the good lookingness of all the men and she was like, "Honestly, they were all hot." They all hot. And we pulled they all hot. And it was like a button on our button bar for like literally years. And just whenever we felt like we we would just drop in. I still get they all hot. They all hot. (laughs) In my DMs, your listeners slide into my DMs with they all hot and I block them. Oh my I'm God. like, you're dead to me. So Andrea and I lost touch for years. Mm-hmm. And then, then one day I heard you were getting a divorce and I literally Googled it. And no. I was like, I mean, I wasn't going to like text you and be like, is it true? 
Um, and then I think my coworker and I, who also worked with you, we were like Googling it and trying to find stuff. And there were these like creepy message boards uh-huh. about you. And so I got some info, but it was like, she's not talking about it because my lawyer wouldn't let legally me. she can't talk about it. And then one day I hear that Taylor is a lesbian and I see it on Instagram and I fell off my chair and rolled <laughs> off my desk and nothing's been the same since. And then I texted you and I think I said, yeah, you definitely did. Like, I'm freaking. This is so great. I'm so proud of you. Like all this stuff. You and I had had like con- like contact here and there. Cause so you were at Cosmo and then oh, that we were together. And then when Joanna Coles came in, she got rid of Cosmo radio. Yeah. But I left before then. Did I, you leave before then? Yeah. I started doing some um, stuff on the internet and I begged Cosmo to let me start a blog uh-huh. and it took like eight months for them to let me start this thing called a blog and then when they finally approved it they said they had to name it for me based on something called SEO uh-huh. and they got back to me after weeks of SEO and told me the name of my blog was going to be Sexy Beauty Secrets Blog full name sexy beauty secrets blog and I learned how to code and then that became my full-time job and then Hearst our our parent company like swept me into this new digital division and it was terrible and then I left I went to us weekly for a year and a half I remember and then I went to people yeah so I think that we were like in touch throughout the years Mm -hmm. um but yeah I know and then I got fired um a a year after coming out just saying documented um and then um i started my own radio show the taylor strucker show and i oh this is so crazy so okay so Lori Bergamotto, who is a mutual friend of both of ours, mm-hmm. and I met Lori when I was at, still at Sirius. And so she was like my Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, I don't remember a co-host, but I had a, a co-host rotation at Sirius for like maybe a year and a half, two years, because my co-host for forever, Kenny, moved to Pittsburgh with his wife and, you know, and... We tried to do it remotely, but it was just long distance relationships are very it was hard impossible. to maintain. It was, I mean, Sirius was just, you know, Sirius is cheap. It's tough. They were cheap. It's tough. What, what else can I say? You know, if someone's not going to physically be there, of course they're going to try to give them a pay reduction. Mm-hmm. And Kenny was like, fuck that. I already get paid not enough. Like, screw it. it whatever. Those details of, of, of like the whole thing. But um, anyway. So basically, I had this rotation. Lori Bergamotto was, you know, she works at Good Housekeeping. She's on the Today Show all the time. And so when I got fired, I was lucky enough that like basically all my co-hosts from Sirius stuck with me. And like they came over to the new platform with me. And then about like after a year of Lori being on, she she just got so fucking slammed with the Today Show. And she's got two little ones. And so her Today Show schedule was just getting more. Well, and she's also GMA. She does it all. She does She's on TV all the time. And it's a lot of work. And she, it's, she's kind of like a team of one. So yeah. it's it's kind of overwhelming. And, the, and a lot of the times her segments were during the show. Yeah. So anyway, so she had to take a step back from her position. And so I remember I was on the set of Getting Younger, getting my hair done and makeup. And my, the, my beauty or my makeup artist, um, Priscilla, she does like all the housewives. If it's like you love a housewife look, it's because Priscilla's hand touched that housewife. So amazing. And I met Priscilla through Stassi and Watch What Happens Live. So Priscilla was doing my makeup for getting younger. And I said, you know, I just lost um, my mommy co-host and I really need a cool hip mom because she was a fucking cool hip mom. And so I said, Priscilla, can you do it? And she was like, well, I don't really have an experience. I was like, well, I just think you're a great talker. You'll be really funny. Just come and audition. And then there was a guy 
in the studio from people. Mm-hmm. His name is Dave. Dave Quinn. Yes. And then Dave was like, uh, sorry to be like eavesdropping, but I just heard you, you were looking for a mommy. And I have the best mommy in the world. She works with people. And I was like, oh my God, really? Who? And he's like, Andrea Laventhal. And I was like, I fucking know Andrea. She's fucking insanely talented. And I said, you know what? Tell Andrea, like, tell her that mm-hmm. I said yes. And like, we like we have to reconnect, blah, blah, blah. And then I reached out to you. And it was like, I saw you. And it was like, no time had passed. And I was like, Taylor, they all hot. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. And now you're my Tuesday co-host. And it's been about a year. And because- you're so fucking great. And the audience loves you so much it's just funny because both times that we've connected back when i came on your show when you were still in serious and we were talking about me co-hosting i was like hugely pregnant yes and then oh, again yes. when oh, we did try to get you at serious when kenny left and then when uh i came on your show your own show i was like i have to tell you something I'm fucking pregnant again and i was like girl but I came right back. You did. Couldn't wait. So amazing. And honestly, like, Andrew, you're just such a, you're, you have the gift of gab. You do. You're so yeah, talented. I can't shut up. I just fucking love you. You're so great. And you're so, so self-deprecating. More so now than you were when we first knew each other, for I sure. I don't think when I was that age, like when I was 26, I knew how ridiculous I was. <laughs> I think I thought I was, like, for real. <laughs> like, I think I, I took myself. Like, I was like... <laughs> I'm, I'm it. Like, I'm feel. I was feeling. You were Carrie Bradshaw. Girl, I, I, you wrote books. I look back. And you worked I, in publishing. When publishing, it's isn't it crazy that how many years has it been? I mean, listen, obviously publishing is still a thing, especially like a company like, or a magazine like People. But, you know, I mean, what magazines have gone, I mean. Everything. Lo- glamour. Glamour. They've gone under, didn't they? Yeah. That's so, like, to think back to my ex-boyfriend's mom and like the power and prestige that she had. In just New York City, in like literally the beauty world. Like mm-hmm. she would go to Paris. She was a queen. She was a queen. It's just, isn't it so, like, uh, like you and I are at the same age, Andrea? We're, well, we're roughly. S- Only like, one of us is turning in like a few weeks. I know. that. That's, I, I always wonder if 40 is going to be my uh-oh age. I got to tell you that saying it out loud has not gotten easier. I've been saying it more and more in the past few weeks to get used to it. Yeah. And I tried to take a page from Lori Bergamato's playbook. And she yes. really celebrated Turning 40 with her Dinner for 40 series she's been doing. Explain this to people because it's I, I, this is one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard. Lori's um, awesome. Ever. Lori's awesome. And she's nothing if not dedicated. Yep. So Lori chose, I think, 40 people to have dinner with um, over the course of her you're 40. So rather than her husband getting her like a big piece of jewelry or going like a big fancy trip, she was like, I want to go out to delicious, amazing, fabulous dinners with these important people who have influenced my life. Yeah, people. and she she went all over the country yeah. like, to see some of them. Um, for me, she only had to come to the Upper East Side. And but you did go to the Polo Lounge. At 5.30 p.m. Uh, it was the only time we can get a reservation, <laughs> but we stayed until like 9, and we saw Scarlett Johansson, so all good. That works for um, me. But, and she like seriously interviewed me over dinner. Like it was like surprising and like I almost cried like the question she asked me and then she posts it on her dinner for 40 Instagram account mm-hmm. and they're really fun to read I mean I love reading mine over and over because um weird you're into yourself yeah it's weird <laughs> I don't know it's like just listening to myself on the radio um I only listen to the days I'm on <laughs> she's lying remember when she, she listens every single day which you wh- so don't have to do and I so admire I it. try to dabble I like to I like to listen a little bit you to like to see what your competition's up to do you remember when Sheena admitted on the Vanderpump Rules reunion that she really only watches the scene she's in and she fast forwards through everything else oh yes that was one of the most realistic and like 
rare moments where I was like, mm-hmm, same girl, same. <laughs> like, I really appreciated her honesty. Anyway. I'm, I'm so psycho. I only, like, want to watch the part that's Stassi's in. Wow. I know. Well, I do like her, but. That's the only thing I want to watch is her and Bo. Um, Justin only wants to watch um, the Toms. He finds them <laughs> hysterical. And, and Jax. He only likes the guys. Oh, my God. Anyway, so 40. Turning 40, my career, having oh, two kids. Just like the way, like where we are, like age-wise. Like we're a few years apart, so I'm a little further away from 40 than you are. But not that far, Queen. No. And I will say, like, I think we're in an interesting generation because, like, we are elder millennials for mm-hmm. sure but we are in the very like we are ancient millennials i'm like millennial adjacent and i am barely a millennial yeah you're hanging I, on by a fingernail i am and i surround myself with a lot of millennials too like your loved one yes like my loved one and also but even younger like you know i was just with claudia Ostray the, the other day she's like what, 18 19 oh my god she's so young i mean they're like their youngest sister who i adore i think margo's like 22 like uh, that's like a decade plus younger than me. Aren't they all married? Also, a lot of they, they're uh, most of them are all married. Yep, yep, except for one. Is this one a single. millennial trend to get married now younger? Are they like swinging the pendulum back? Um, I think that there was a little bit of like reconservatism with the millennial generation. Also, there's like some really interesting studies with millennials. So I, technically, we are millennials, but we talk as if we're Gen Xers. I think we talk as if we're 112. <laughs> so we both really like to sleep. I interviewed <laughs> so much. I interviewed Selena Gomez's mom. I thought you were going to say Selena Gomez, but the only person I'm more interested in speaking to is her mother. Her name her, is Mandy Teefy. Her mother's like our age because she had literally her really she had young. Selena at 16. They're like Gilmore Girls. You don't you know the story about how I met Selena Gomez at Sirius and she like asked specifically to meet me and she started like screaming and banging on like the this the like the glass panels in the studio and then came out and her mom was like I've met David Letterman I've met like Oprah I've met how all did these she people. know about you because her mom listened to me in the car while she would drive Selena around to auditions in L A. Oh my God, and Mandy was like i'm shaking you're like my best friend does I'm she dying. still know you oh yeah so selena so i got really close to selena through like her, her mom and selena was like my mom literally will say like what would taylor say to selena gomez anyway and i just I, selena is like such a good kid and mature and like even when she was super young on disney i knew she was like going to be a star star um but then when she became like superstar dangerous and bieber i like lost touch with her but not the mom i invited mandy and selena gomez to my wedding and they did not come. I would never but invite Selena Gomez to my wedding. She even sent if a we gift. We were best friends. She sent a gift. Tiffany? No, they they got us a massage at the London Hotel. Amazing. No shit. So like that that's legit, right? Yeah. We're like fucking best friends. Does she know you're a lesbian? I feel like she would love that. I feel like she would too. I have got to get her on this fucking podcast. You know what? That's my like. You know how Rosie O'Donnell was like obsessed with Tom Cruise? Yes. Okay, and then um Ellen was obsessed with Minging Oprah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, so. We got to get so like we have to do like a campaign. Selena Gomez needs to come back on into my world. Like this it, is not she fair. Needs to come full circle. This is not and fair. Sit down with Taylor. Yes. And like get just catch up. Like we are right now. Like, just, like catch up. I know. Come on, girl. Anyway, so I interviewed her mom recently because her mom's an executive producer. Um, or creator on uh, 13 Reasons Why. Right. That which is a great show on Netflix. Yes. Um, and we were talking about. Disney and I was making fun of my little sister Paige I love you Paige but I was making fun of Paige for watching like I was saying how I was an adult that knew about Disney not because I was a creepy adult but because my sister was kind of being borderline creepy and watching Disney like into her late late teens early 20s and Mandy said to me you know what that is not like that's very a millennial of her and I said really she said yeah there's studies that show that a lot of millennials like they even into their like like late teens 
early 20s, mid 20s are still like revisiting and watching those Disney shows like the like the Hillary Duff show, Wizards of Waverly Place, Hannah Montana. so much about these spoiled, I mean, these pe- young people in the workplace. <laughs> and I said, why? And she said, because it's like, it's millennials are like kind of like conservative and they're a little like nostalgic and they like kind of like long for childhood. And they're nostalgic for 2001. Yeah. So am I. And also like they don't want I looked good in low rise jeans, by the way. And also like all these, if you look at statistically millennials, it's like they have like lower pregnancy rates, lower like, like, um, they they have like lower incidences of like car accidents, um, lower um, lower statistics of drinking and driving, lower alcohol and drug use, like all these things that you're like really wow what a good generation like they're good kids, but then if you if you can if you read why it's because it's like failure to launch like they don't want to get their licenses they want their parents to drive them around they're not going and getting arrested at parties because they want to stay at home and watch Disney with their parents like they're really like they're family oriented it's really bizarre if my kids grow up and only want to hang out with me I'm gonna kill them (laughs) so I feel like I'm gonna be like go outside so I do feel I feel a kinship to millennials and I do have a lot of friends who are millennials so I used to be like you know typical like throw yourself a millennial parade but now I'm like wait I am one and also these are my people so I have to like be kind and I also understand them better now I I like them I like millennials I think they have a bad reputation but it's not warranted I I mean the majority of my friends are millennials literally hey girl it's time to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors Fabletics here's the deal with Fabletics so it's a fashion focused activewear brand with a mission to empower women and basically the way that they empower women is they make it accessible to everybody they make it accessible to women of all different shapes they make it accessible to all different women of health levels they also make it accessible to everybody no matter what your income is because it is so friggin' affordable and such high quality. I used to only wear Lululemon and that is, <sighs> that stuff's expensive, okay? Like that is like breaking the bank to buy that stuff. If I'm gonna be totally honest, I did not love the way it fit. I'm like, why am I spending all this money and these friggin' leggings that cost me like $100 are constantly slipping down my butt when like I'm at a gym class or honestly, even just like walking down the street and going to work and stuff. Fabletics is for everybody, whether you're trying to like zen out in a hot yoga class, crush it in CrossFit, or honestly just like be like me and wear them on the airplane when you're traveling or like going to work, literally. Fabletics is my everyday uniform. I'm telling you, Fabletics is your one-stop shop for affordable gym wear and all of their designs are created in-house so you can find some super unique pieces but that brings me to a very important point okay they bring in brand new designs brand new patterns brand new colors brand new everything fabletic leggings are all like my children i can't pick my favorite but i'm going to right now so i was addicted to the mila high-waisted pocket capri for a really long time and trust me they're amazing they've got great suck and hold to make your booty look good they've got this like cool mesh on the side very fashionable but right now i'm having a true love affair with the trinity high-waisted pocket capri if you're like five six five seven you should just get the regular legging but if you're like a 5'4 shorty like be or below definitely get the capri it hits right at the ankle it's silky it's smooth it's very lightweight when it's really hot outside you don't feel like you're wearing pants really at all like I mean it's like a second skin but it still has that hold that you're looking for in a legging. Of course, Fabletics is offering my listeners an incredible deal that you're not going to want to miss. Right now, you can get two leggings for only $24. What? They might as well be free at $24. And just note to self, that's normally a $99 value, okay? But you get this deal when you sign up as a VIP. So just go to fabletics.com slash Taylor to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash Taylor to get two leggings for only $24. But you've got to sign up for that VIP. 
And the other awesome thing about becoming a VIP with Fabletics is that you'll get up to 50% off regular pricing and instant access to their latest collections. There is no commitment to order on a regular basis. You can skip literally any month. So like you just get all the benefits of a VIP and none of the negatives. Also, make sure to enter your email address, you guys, when you take their style quiz. So you're going to go to fabletics.com. You're going to take their 60-second style quiz. It's super quick, super easy, and it's going to help you figure out the stuff that you're going to be drawn to on the site. And if you're international, no worries. Fabletics totally ships internationally. If you're domestic, if you spend over $49, your shipping is free. Again, that's fabletics.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R. Terms and conditions do apply. And now, back to the podcast. I think one of the most prominent millennials I know is Hannah Burner. Yeah. Oh, she has a segment on my radio show called Millennial Mayhem for the re- that reason. She's the ultimate millennial. So I met her because of you. Yeah. And I sat across from her, uh, across the mic, and I just was like, can I see your abs again? Like, I- I'm glad I'm not a millennial because apparently... You have to wear crop tops. You have to work <laughs> out in a matching sports bra and legging set, sometimes in white. <laughs> Like, can you imagine our generation? Oh my you God. wore boot cut Victoria's Secret, yep, like yoga pants. If if with some like big ass concert t shirt, and like <laughs> that was considered like active wear. We didn't have like Athleta, let alone Lululemon or Bandier or <laughs> Outside Voices. <laughs> And like these kids now, I mean, they really have got to like maintain a shape. I know. And if they're not in like the the quote unquote like ideal shape and they're like curvier, then they have to be like a model of body positivity. Yes. Then they're like the spokesperson for it. Inclusivity buzz. I mean, it's too much. I know. I mean, but I actually sometimes feel bad for millennials. I feel like they've got a lot of pressure because of social media and they've had it on them for a long time. But I do think body image for women is in a better place than it's ever been. So I'm a little bit jealous of that. Like if I was growing up looking at the Kardashians, I might feel better about myself. But we always talk about this. I love to play the like, where would we be? Yep. If we were born 10 years later. Yes. You and I. I always love to play this game with you. So let's play it. I truly believe, and I would only say this to you, so don't tell anybody I said this. Okay. I think I would be kind of famous. I totally agree. I wrote those three books um, when I was 25 and 27, 8, and then 30. And there was no social media to promote it. Yep. There was no Instagram to like show off my like hair extensions I got and, you know, stuff like that. And my like dog and my cute boyfriend and like create this fake fabulous Instagram <laughs> life and then like cry when nobody liked my photos. But like... <laughs> I would have been able to leverage the books and all of this that I do now into a real social media personality. And I would have been like, I'm great. I'm a brand. And I would have like done something with it. But that wasn't an opportunity back then. I had to work for a company and yep. rise through the ranks yep. and, and, and have health insurance and all these annoying things. Yep. And now I'm too old to be a traditional influencer. I disagree with you. I think that you are going to have like another like I, I really I. I have a plan, okay? So, like, just, like, stick with me, kid. Is this, like, the secret? Do I have to, like, manifest Yeah, it? you do. And you know what? You know who, who gave me a real, like, verbal spanking was Stassi the last time she well, was in New York? I know she's big into manifesting. She, she was so pissed at me. She was like, every fucking time I see you, it's always negative. You know what? Cut the shit out. She's like, I used to do it, too, and I've stopped it, and now all this good shit's coming my way. But, I want, but like, it got, I was like, but yeah, but you're, like, famous, famous. Like, come on. And she was like... You just got to, you have to change your perspective. And I did ever since we talked. And honestly, it's just been like an influx of shit. I'm telling you, even like down to like our apartment that we might be getting me and Tay, like that shit fell in our lap. And that's an annoying thing to say. But like, give me an example. Like, give me a real world. Want to be a dear media. 
I want to be a dear media. I want to be a dear media. I want to be a dear media. Now, listen, it doesn't happen overnight, but you just keep saying it. And it's like, I will do this. I will do this. I will manifest it. I will do it. Not obsessively, but you just put it out there. And then it's like, holy shit, I am with dear media. It happened. Well, you know, I've been saying I want to UTA. To start a- I want to be with UTA. I want to be with UTA. I want to be with UTA. My manager was like, let's go to CA. Let's go to WME. Not that those aren't great agencies. And I was but like, no, for some reason focus. in my gut, it's UTA and we got with UTA. I, I mean, I, I almost slipped through the cracks there and then it was just like, I don't know. I just, it's like, it's positivity. It's almost like, you know, when you're dating a bunch of guys at once and it's like, they all want you because they know that you're not like hyper-focused on them. I'm blinking really hard because I don't think that's ever happened. I just, I, there's no way. I've literally had one boyfriend after another since I was five. I mean, so I'm trying to think of a time when I was like dating around, keeping my options open. I, I, I only did it a couple times, but it worked like crazy when I did you do mean, it. Well, it's almost like, how about this? That's a bad example, especially because I'm such a big old lesbian. Um, how about this? How about it's like when you're so super busy? Do you know what I mean? That it's like you can care about something, but like you're so distracted that you can't really focus on it that much. So it's like a thought and then it's fleeting and then it's gone and then you blink and wake up and it's like. I don't know. I, I think it might be just giving really annoying advice right now. So I've always, always, I, for the past few years, I've wanted to do what you do with a podcast. But that's like saying, You're going to. I want to be Oprah or I want to sit. I always say I want to sit next to Hoda. Did you just say that? Did you just relate me to Oprah? Did you just technically, yeah. technically? You're my Oprah. Oh, my but God. But think about it. It's like right now, what does everybody think that they can do? A podcast. podcast. Yes. So what? But guess what? You actually really can this actually this episode is just meant to be a therapy um, slash like life coaching session what do you think every single podcast are doing i know i know (laughs) so the thing is is like you know you get to a point where you've talked about something so much that you're like can i actually do it yes and that's and that's what it is comes in it's just do it's just do and and i know it's hard because you have kids i was gonna say having a full-time job and i don't want to not have that job no and i keep saying i'm gonna get laid off because that's how it works in my industry and i should stop putting that out there because i would say stop putting that out there like that's that's shit i'm talking about but also everything happens for a reason and like we're gonna get you into a spot that where you get to make the choice do you know what i mean whether or you're prepared if that scary thing happens because you work in a scary industry then like you will already have something on the sidelines i feel like we live in a time now of like like side hustles and the in the instagram and the in social media makes it possible i feel like women are more empowered than ever right now well career-wise to quote um the character destiny in hustlers (laughs) played by constance Wu, which i just saw the other day i just want to make enough money that um i can take care of my kids and go shopping once in a while yep i thought that was like a really fair line. shopping where at like zara at bergdorf that makes it that honestly i'm fine with zara as, as all of your listeners know I am the biggest supporter of gap joggers. Yes. I am the reason that those gap joggers are always sold out. I'm what they call a nano, 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 nano influencer. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Um, wait, to go back to this like generational talk though that we're having. So you and I like, like we are a part of a very rare sub generation where we grew up in a world of analog. Like we know what Oregon Trail is and like what that felt like. I can like. send a fax and I can fix the paper jam in the copy machine, which happens once a quarter. Exactly. Because nobody copies anything. Exactly. No one uses paper. But we went from, we lived analog and then we moved into a digital world. So we remember, we straddled the lines of like history. We remember both sides. But like true millennials, they don't remember analog. Like they, 
they grew up with social media. Don't the they internet. think it's like um, like I had CD, I had CD ROMs, I had Encyclopedia Britannica. Sure, sure, that shit's crazy. I used a floppy disk. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, you had to I'd like, go to the library to do projects on the edges. Remember, you weren't allowed to touch the inside, but then you'd be like, I'm just gonna poke it a little <laughs> bit and see what happens because I just want to know. I mean, your project erases. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough. Getting older is hard. Um, I used to look at people. I remember, I will never, ever forget this. When I was first starting out at Cosmo, I was probably 22, and I had lunch with a publicist. Publicists always want to take editors out to lunch to get to know them so that they can get their clients in the magazine. And this girl asked me to go to lunch, and she looked just like me. And I guess I just assumed we were all like the same age-ish, a year or two. Uh huh. And she said to me, something, something, and I'm 30. And I like couldn't wrap my head like it was blowing my mind and I kept saying to her over and over again which I I look back I still cringe I can't believe you're 30 I can't believe you're 30 you don't look 30 in my mind 30 was like dead yes and she looked very (laughs) much alive at this point 22 fuck you exactly (laughs) and now I look back at 22 year old dummy Andrea and not even that I look back at 30 year old Andrea who thought by 40 I would be I don't know. Okay, so we're talking. To, so you you are approaching forty. Do you want to tell us how soon you are going to be forty? Weeks, weeks away. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. By the time this airs, you might actually be forty. Uh, yes. Okay. So what the question is? What's your uh oh age? And I and I used to when I was a dumb like early twenty something year old. Not that you're dumb if you're in your early twenties. And bless you if you're listening. We fucking love you. But ultimately, hi. You distracted me. Come She's in. So cute. Just come sit. Just come. My girlfriend's here. She's going to edit this out anyway. Um, <laughs> but I remember like in my 20s being like, I just like to understand my woman just kind of like enjoy aging because it's like a beautiful process. And like my mom ages so beautifully. And like I, I have the same genes as her. So I'm going to look the same as her and like, which is not true. And age the same way as her, which is not true. As my mom famously said, well, Taylor, you live a lot harder life than I live. Wow. I'm like, fuck, she's right. Harder life. It's like this idea of your uh-oh age. And why is 40 so scary? I don't because know. Because it sounds really old. Let's be honest. I don't care what you say that 40 is the new 20 this is the new that 40 sounds old yeah my my mom when she was 40 and she had kids a little later than some of her friends but I was you know 10 I was in like elementary school I was like a child my brother was like 12 my children I have a newborn She's yes. seven months old. I'm an old new mom. But in New York City, that's totally normal. It's normal, but actually, surprisingly, a lot of the moms of the kids in his class are at least four years younger than me. So I am one of the older moms. And it's hard because I think, you know, the thing about the scary age, it's not just about you and what you look like and what you feel like it's your parents getting older and yep. it's how old you're going to be when your kids are a certain age so That's... when i can't sleep at night what am i doing i'm doing the numbers game oh fuck that game and i don't really want to get into it now because this will turn into a really sad podcast and i'm on a lot of medication but i don't know if i'm on enough <laughs> for that but you can't help it you really become what they call the sandwich generation which is you're taking care of your your children but you also start taking care of your parents right. and i think it just is a whole thing about mortality and life and you start reflecting. And when I look in the mirror, I don't see 40. Oh, I don't, I don't even, see 40 when I look at you at all. You I are, mean, you, you look so young. You I had someone like, your body say to me, is, 
in fucking sane. Did you lose all the baby weight, by the way? Yeah, I did. It just, it just dropped off, didn't it? It dropped off. Andrew was a- doing like this like super fiber cookies thing and like and like freaking out. And then I just recently saw you post something went from when you were at the Today Show with like these like fucking leather suede pants. They were vegan and leather. And I was like, you fucking bitch. Sustainability. I'm like, her baby weight came off. It's just off. It's all off. I think off. it was a combination and I would, you know, I'm always nothing if not honest a combination of oh yours is genetic you stress bitch. and genes no because you, you've always been you've been a string bean since i met but it you. wasn't it wasn't like happening as fast as it did with the first baby and i was like i'm gonna hit fast forward by doing this fiber diet and you know i i am eating a little bit differently i'm not eating nearly as much uh, junk food and carbs as I used to and I'm not drinking as much but this this acceleration happened I think because of just pure stress which sucks but it also isn't like, a, like it's, a, it's not the worst thing it's a good side of that yeah I'm like if I'm gonna be this stressed I'm glad I can at least button my jeans but I have to tell you right now they're so tight oh my god you're so tiny it's insane I, I lay on the bed but you don't like I mean like I, I try to think about like why is 40 scary because you're gonna look 40 is it because it means your parents are old, getting older yeah I guess and if you haven't had children yet you yeah feel like oh my god it, it better happen soon i think for me it's like i just don't feel like an adult and i don't like and when i and maybe people are just blowing smoke but when i tell people how old i am they're shocked i get it every single day and i believe them i believe them too because maybe that's just because we're such narcissists no it's exactly <laughs> what i did to that girl that day okay you don't think of 40 as looking like me you think of it as looking like your mom right and we don't look I mean, if this is what my mom looks like at 40, I feel really bad because I thought she was old and she wasn't. She was young, but to me, she looked old. So, and like, but someone younger than me, like my intern who's 22 is looking at me and she's probably like, I can't believe that bitch is turning 40. Seriously. And I want to be like, guess what? It's fucking contagious and it's going to happen to you too. And one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm the boss and I'm not the intern anymore and it's awesome. But right. I also have kids. Yep. My parents are getting older. Nobody looks at me in a bar because they just assume I'm someone's mom, which I am. So fair. It's like, <laughs> it's a trade off. When someone IDs me, I want to oh, you lick do that their asshole stupid thing when you're like, <laughs> oh my God, I have a VIT and look at my, look at the ear, look at the ear, look. Are you looking? Do you know? Do you know? I, I, I can't help myself. I want to play cool, but I like, and they just look at you and they roll their eyes. I know. They're like, we have to, um, if you look under 65, we have to ID you. Yeah, they're like, and it's then I'm like, ma'am. You don't have to share that. Don't call me ma'am. It's the law. It's I, miss. I, I would just like to go out one night, like undercover. You and me should do this. Like Leslie Mann in Knocked Up. Yes. When she goes to the club and he's like, I can't let you in you're old and I can't let the old you know like an old bitch in he's like I like you I think you're pretty but like I can't I want to know if what would happen if we went to a club and like could club. and like could I get a 25 year old to hit on me okay so you know what I went and I, what age would he think I was so when I was getting a divorce by the way I'd be open to a 25 year old woman hitting on me too <laughs> I don't discriminate I when I was getting a divorce um and before Tay and I were like together we were just like party friends mm-hmm. and we would go out to clubs and like for a lesbian a lot of guys like to hit on taylor and like got no one was hitting on me and i mean and, and that's like that was what made me feel it wasn't even that i felt ugly i just felt old like it, it is it's like an age thing it's like they can just sense that you're like not young and naive it was it made me it made me hate clubbing. <laughs> I, I remember when a guy friend of mine who's very attractive, very wealthy, he married a much younger girl and they got divorced. And he was like, 
we were about 30. They had married young. Like, he had married her when he was maybe, like, I don't know, 27, whatever. And then around 30, 31, they got, they got divorced. And we went out for lunch. And he said to me, I'm having the fucking time of my life. Of Walking course. into a club at 31, mm-hmm. rich, tall guy with all of his hair. Oh, forget Holy it. shit. Forget it. I said to him, well, I'm single right now. I want to go with you. And he was like, I just have to be honest. It's not going to be the same for you. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, but he was right. Uh He was like, it's just like, it's just the way our our, our world works. You Even if what? I walked around with wads of cash hanging out of my bosom, which I have no bosoms because of my children, this is what happened. They sucked them off of it your body. It doesn't matter. Like women, it's so much about your age and your appearance. And men, it's just so much about their 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 net worth. It's so unfair. Even if their balls are sagging. It doesn't matter. Somebody still wants them. It's so fucking unfair. I mean, it, well, think about it. It's like... What I mean, it's it's literally it happens in high school and then it also happens in college, but it's more prevalent in college. But like freshmen, there's nothing there's no worse place to be in life as a as a straight guy than being a freshman in college. Or a freshman in high school. Or a freshman in high school. You are look the youngest, like the guys are significantly, you know, more mature than you. They've None of the girls want to date you. Yeah, you're, you're invisible. But man, does adult life really kick that shit in the ass? Because men make up for those two bad years. It's freshman year of high school and freshman year of college. And then from then on out, it's like they're just sitting pretty and even freshman year of college they're still gonna get some dorm ass mm, a little but not someone's a lot. gonna throw them something Ugh. i mean I, I, yes but you're right and then they can lose their hair yep they can get a dad bod yep and some bitch is still gonna think that they are the best thing in the world yeah because we actually care about i don't know things like if you're smart your personality i'm talking a straight taylor strecker right now right. sometimes I, I slip back into her but when i hear the the youth talk about things like hinge and Probably not grinder. That's for gay men. Yeah, I think okay, okay, Tinder. So you're thinking Tinder. Tinder and um, Bumble and yes. all of these things. I wonder how I would I would have fared on them. I do too. As as in my twenties, because I was like a serial monogamist. I've literally had one boyfriend after another. I think because I was too scared yeah. to not be with somebody. I was always so codependent. And then what would happen if I were single now? Because I do have some, have some friends who are on the cusp of forty and single. And what are they doing? I think they're dead. <laughs> I haven't checked on them in a while. You might want to call bitches. Um, I think that it's, I listen, I, I at the risk of offending anyone listening who's that age, like it would be hard for me. And I say that because I'm a codependent. Me too. I hate being alone. With, I mean, me too. I mean, like Taylor, I, I, I like threaten her. I'm like, if you leave me. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to do something and bad. Just so you know, I'm going to do something bad to myself. It's going to be all your fault. So you can never leave me, which is a super healthy relationship to be and in. I'm sure it makes her love you a lot. <laughs> feel like she wants to stick around forever and ever. But like you feel, I mean, like there's nothing that makes you feel more invincible than being like a 20 something year old girl in New York City. You oh. know, that you own the fucking city. And even in your early, like early 30s, you feel yeah. that way too. Um, and then the minute you've got your up a baby stroller, yep. you're just like every other bitch. Yep. On what the upper side i can you believe i fucking got a divorce like seriously i'm sitting here thinking it through like i was so enraged and angry at just like my in-laws that like when i'm that mad and i feel that disrespected like i'm irrational watch out she'll get a divorce watch out i'll do something crazy she'll turn that car around but literally and thank god i did because now i'm with tay and i'm so happy but like i really i mean the ball of your life i blew it up and at a very delicate age i was like 32 33 you know what i mean yeah 
I mean, I went through my big bad breakup at 31. We officially called it quits after 10 years on and off. Damn. But the last four of them were very much on, living together, dog, the whole thing. And it imploded. And I moved out thinking I would eventually move back in because there was no way I was going to not be with him. And, you know, I like all the other times in the past 10 years but this time was different that we I was 31 and you know it, he didn't want to be with me for the first time instead of the other way around which it was always you that didn't want to be with yeah him. when he wanted to give me a ring I said build me a bathroom in the apartment or and I'll move in with you instead and he did and I was like I could do whatever I want and I thought yep like I'll get there I'll get there I'll get there I kept being like next year next year and then what do you think it was? Do you think I'm not even joking? Do you think it was working at Cosmo? <laughs> no, I think joking. I think that I knew that something wasn't right in terms of like getting married and that I may not have been happy. But at the same time, it was so hard because he was my best friend. Right. And he still to this day knows me so well. It's creepy. Do you think that like TV shows that we watch like seriously impacted like are you talking about Sex in the City? Yeah, because we only reference it like I don't know once every other hour. I know. Do you think that Sex and the City like did did it help our generation or ruin our generation? I think that at the time we thought it was helping us to become more comfortable with talking about sex and relationships and the different guys we would meet and and, the, and then like trying to like get rid of these double standards when it comes to sex and, and like women. and like put value on our friendships because yes. that was the real message even though it was always about the guys. It was that supposed is a very to be... that's a very strong Darren Star thing. Like even with younger, like it's all about the female friendships. Like I mean, I fucking love Darren and I love Sex and City. I don't want this to come across as like shitting on either one of those things. But like, I feel like Sex and City gave me a little too much confidence. <laughs> right. It, it made you feel like you were invincible. Yes. You were that glad. You were as amazing and potent and sweet as that that cosmopolitan. And, you know, you could like rule the city yeah. and, with you and your girlfriends and your like overpriced shoes. Exactly. And then I don't know. That's not really reality. Like Carrie Bradshaw couldn't afford her apartment no and or her or her eating habits and or her shopping habits what's so funny and i know this has been said a million times so i don't want to sound like i'm the first person saying it but when we when we look back now what has it been 15 20 years since it premiered yeah um we should all be miranda's no fucking shit and when we were growing up it was like nobody was like it's like touch your finger your nose nobody wants to be miranda no. meanwhile miranda is the best first of all she is a lesbian so they're i mean that real actress a late so. in life late like me she's just like me she's very pretty i used to think she was so hideous she's so pretty yeah she has a really nice body she's i mean that hair Are we talking about real life or, or... we're talking about miranda <laughs> Because I know in real life, Miranda is a lesbian, but on the show. And the show. Okay, so in the show. We should she, all be Miranda on the show. No, but I even mean like just like looking at her. Like she's like attractive. Oh, she's very striking. Very striking. Pretty face. Great body. Like in my mind, I, I used to be like, oh, poor Miranda. But like, Miranda had a killer job. Killer job. She was job. super smart. She got laid all the time. All the time. She had a kid by herself and he was like pretty cute. She for, bought an apartment by herself. Yeah, she had that great cleaning lady. Yes. Turns like best friends, which yes. is like the dream. She moved to Brooklyn before it was even cool. And then nice back. props on the and real estate. You know, you're right. We all thought we were a carry. And then you everybody had one friend who was a Samantha, total whore. Well, and then have you ever like watched it back and been like, Carrie's the actual literal worst? Well, yeah. And she's then, the literal worst. And actually, if you really go back and watch it as obsessively as I do, um, Big really didn't do wrong shit. He was communicative he set boundaries he was clear and she just ignored 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 and now i go back and i'm like i feel bad for big 
always, even the movie. The movie, just that. the movie, I think we can all just agree it was just a miscommunication. Hello. And that little fucking girl stole that stupid fucking phone and she ruined everything. It's you know who hates that little girl more than anyone in the world? You. Taylor Donahue, my girlfriend. Well, because it's it was like a, 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 <laughs> a they used her for the plot, but like, come on. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> <laughs> Lily, Lily, you little piece of shit. You shithead. Um, ruining you, the wedding. You were just he saying, just needed oh. to know it was about them. Jesus, Gary. You were asking if hitting with the flowers in the middle of the street. He said, "Okay, I'm ready." So then, okay, let's real life. Let's jump. You say to him, "I'm going to kill you later, later." But let's fucking but go. Let's do this. But then we wouldn't have had the movie so <laughs> i get it but really carrie really it was a little bit of an overreaction yeah i agree anyway you have humiliated me is that what she said mortified me well guess what you put a fucking bird in your head <laughs> you humiliated yourself i think we all have to go back and agree that that was the worst of the wedding looks it was a bird and that she should have was it was a bird it was beautiful remember no, and, 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 no it was a bird i thought it was feathers no it was a bird no but even the dress no she should have never worn the vivian westwood never. and if she was gonna wear the vivian westwood with that very dramatic pointy neckline you wear your hair down and soft to make a contrast yeah See, i work in style <laughs> anyway back to your original question which was do you think the tv we watched influenced us in a bad way and then you were just saying how carrie basically bullied big into being with her yeah i bullied my current partner <laughs> into being with me so i feel like yes we learn bad things but do they sometimes work yes, yes. i mean so, so okay so are we happy with the year that we were born or the like the general like whatever the generation that we were born yeah i mean i feel comfortable like i said i would never want to have to work out in white sports bra and matching <laughs> leggings for the life of me like i couldn't be as spiritual as you're expected to be as right. concerned about the environment like i'm trying to get into sustainability and i do recycle a lot but it's like you always have to be like making a good choice and that's a lot of pressure yeah it's a lot like our generation was allowed also, to have straws and while i i feel <laughs> really bad about the turtles like i, I still, had a straw at all times yeah me now too. it's like sometimes i'm like just dumping a cup of water in my lap because i think there's a straw there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, i'm fine with the year i was born i just like, hate saying i'm 40. so you and i are both very triggered by influencers too but why are we triggered i think we're just triggered because we have a little bit of birth envy we're like if because the thing is if we were born five or seven or ten years or like later we would have been that we would have been influencers although i don't know how their hair is always so damn shiny and they're listen what are you talking about you're the fucking expert i mean but that's like permission like you the, okay, so I think the thing about influencers is if you look on my Instagram, yes, I post pictures where I look my best and I've taken like, let's say 20 at most to get the one shot, but that's it. And then I go back to being me and I'll say something self-deprecating in the caption and I'm kind of doing it with a wink being like, I'm playing up this Instagram moment. Yes. That's like a real person. Influencers act as if they're always- Some, some. Okay, some, because there's all different I, kinds. Because I have influencer friends who I adore. So I think there's all different kinds. I think the generic influencer, when you say influencer, what we picture is the girl with like the long wavy hair with her like skinny body and her like, yeah, I, I'm not going to say outfit of the day because that's Stassi. Right. That's a different vibe. But it's like they're always standing in front of some like dramatic background or like um, at, on, in a pool on a raft like their life they're always on vacation in like Mykonos or yes. Capri and if they have kids the kids are like ridiculously adorable and never have crumbs on them and it's just this like very unrealistic portrait it's like magazine world and that's what's so 
funny and fascinating is that celebrities in magazines used to be so unattainable, so airbrushed, so beyond the realm. Well, now we flip-flopped. Yeah. And if you look at celebrities on Instagram, they're the ones posting the makeup-free pictures and the funny stuff and the candid where influencers are so contrived. You're as a- right. You're right. It's so crazy. It's like... I mean, if you thought like looking at Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and that Vanity Fair spread was triggering, try taking a girl who's quote unquote normal and just like you. And then she's like looking like that on That's a, what it supposedly is. a regular basis. They're supposed to be versions of us just like on Instagram. So, okay, fine. We'll give them like the extra filter or the really good lighting or their hair looks good that day. But they're not supposed to be freaking celebrities. Right. That's what celebrities do. And now you have people like Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Garner and Gwyneth Paltrow like really posting quote unquote real content on their Instagrams. And we're like, oh, you kind of feel really normal. Yeah. But then you have these huge influencers who like never do that. And even when they do, they still look perfect their life still looks perfect their sheets aren't even wrinkled that I because they're sponsored here's my with a promo code here's my question okay so we we have lived in a time when magazines were like like the biggest thing the most powerful you could actually find them in a newsstand in new york city and then we've lived now you can just buy vape we lived in a time when satellite radio was going to crush regular radio, and now satellite radio is super threatened by podcasting. Andrew, we've lived, okay? And, we, and we've lived through all this turmoil. So what's your prediction for the next 10 years? What do you fucking think I am? Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. If I knew Bitcoin... A, a virtual reality like do you think do you think social media is going to implode do you well i have heard predict i have heard i heard something funny today that, you've lived through enough trends that people are saying that millennials or, or even younger gen z they're buying magazines again as a digital detox because they're like re, like revolting against like the whole idea that they're so tied to their phones and I don't know if I believe that it's actually true, but it sounds like a good story. And I'm like here for it because maybe it'll keep me employed for a few more years. Yeah. So I don't know, because I just feel like I get more and more addicted and sucked into content in all shapes, sizes and forms on my phone. Although I just, I don't know what TikTok is, but I hear that I have to know. It's supposed to be a thing. TikTok. I know. But like that's what people said about Vine and I don't people know. People said about Instagram. That's what people said about Facebook. It's a thing. And now look at it. It's our world. I mean, yes, there will be something else if I could predict what that was. I feel like I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I'd be in my like <laughs> laboratory. But uh, hopefully, like, I'll still be relevant. You'll still be relevant for, I would I would like another decade. Me of, too. Of like major like growth because 50, God knows, I just want to be like in a Nora Ephron film. I just want to put on my cashmere robe, Same. pour myself a big ass glass of Savion Blanc, prop my feet up in my beach house with my white couches yep, and just like have my next stage of life. I'm with you. I might have to wait till 60. That's okay. We could do this together. I've just realized that my kids, because of my age, are going to be like in elementary school. <laughs> so I don't know how much like alone time at my cashmere bathrobe I'm Set getting. Set boarding school. That's not a bad idea. See ya. If I can make some money, yeah. they're going far. Or if they could get a scholarship. I have high hopes for us. Just because we are born a little too early doesn't mean that we can't have like, you know, our second go around, Andrea. I'm okay. here f- I'm here for us. I'm gonna manifest it. How about I think. that? But 
you got to be with me. You got to be team millennial. Like I'm, I'm in it, man. Like, like that. Th- those are my peeps. Well, they're probably who's going to hire me for my next job. So of course I'm in for it. Yeah. Like whatever. Sure. Yeah. The millennials are actually fucking sneaky the best. I'm telling what's, you. What's what's the your girl on younger Hillary Duff's character? Kelsey. Kelsey. Peterson. Isn't Kelsey like peak millennial? And she's total. Like, the best millennial you know what i will say like okay so we're podcasting right now podcasting is birthed out of of the millennial generation and like i was saying earlier like to come bring this full circle i grew up in such a hyper competitive world and environment elementary school middle school girls were so fucking mean high school and my girlfriend sister uh ashley is the exact same age as me and when we when we compare notes it's the same notes that you have andrea it's like we are tortured by girls girls are mean blah 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 this happened in college all this stuff we have all the same stories and then my girlfriend taylor down they don't really have as like a competitive dramatic experience as we've had. Like they're more like kumbaya fucking yeah. They didn't have to wear tampons as earrings <laughs> in college when they got hazed. I had to go to the bar with ta- like tampons as earrings <laughs> and my bra outside my shirt. Yeah, that, they don't do that shit anymore. They it's should. Like, Millennials really taught honestly, me some humility. Like we're if, if let's say for for argument's sake we're Gen X. Like millennials just like did it better they're like nice to each other they like support each other yeah they're like i know the pc thing's getting a little annoying because it's like the cancel culture but like honestly it's like it's making society better like okay well i do i'm leaning in i do like that shade of pink it's a beautiful flattering shade on everybody exactly it's very very nice so next time in front of a millennial pink wall i'll I'll take a picture like millennials are so nice they even like us old people they really do do they think we're like old and cute? No, yeah, a little bit. But we smell a little funny. But they always say the same things. They always say, oh my God, you don't look that old. And I want to say, I love you. I say, it's contagious. <laughs> don't tell them that. Coming They'll for you. run away from us. It's like, don't let them know it's like Ebola. <laughs> Got to keep that between ourselves. <laughs> Andrea, you are just the best. I love you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You guys follow Andrea on social media, speaking of which, at Andy Labs on mm-hmm. Instagram. And what are you on Twitter? Andy Labs, A N D I L A V S. Also, uh, you know what? Go pick up a copy of People. Please. Support. Please. You can also get Andrea's books. <laughs> They're has- in the trunk of my mom's car. <laughs> she bought every copy and sells them out of her trunk. <laughs> I think it's illegal. Can you get them on Amazon still? Yeah, I think you can. And so tell tell everybody what they're called. Uh, the Hookup Handbook. I love you. Uh, friend or Frenemy. My fave. And Your So-Called Life. I recommend Friend or Frenemy. Friend or Still holds up. Oh, the other Andrea. two are like historical fiction. <laughs> and also just for a little shameless plug for me, um, I have a radio show. It's called The Taylor Shrekker Show. It's a daily talk radio show, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. live. You can call in. It is very much a live radio show. And Andrea is on with me every Tuesday and she's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, if you want to hear more about my children. <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot about her kids. We do mama drama. It's fun. We do sisters with style. It's really fun. Because, well, why wouldn't we, right? Yeah, yeah. I gap joggers fall. We talk about all of our like just complete anxiety and neuroses. Yeah. And everything that triggers us, which is air, sun, um, water. <laughs> like life. Literally. <laughs> We're constantly triggered. Andrea, I love you. Thank you for joining me love for the podcast. Too. And you guys, uh, next week we'll be back with another amazing podcast with another amazing guest. Uh, until then, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. That is very helpful to me and I appreciate it oh so much. And uh, yeah, tell your friends about the podcast. Let's like get everybody. I want people to hashtag be a Strecker stan. Make that a thing. 
Makes me feel old when I say that. I like that. Strucker Stan. Use it in a hashtag. Please. I'm an old lady. I don't know how these things work. Help me make it a thing. Make a trend. Follow me on social media if you don't. Jesus. At Taylor Strucker. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Bye.